Hello and welcome back to Ryan's Takeaways, daily words for your daily growth, providing biblical teachings for your spiritual growth and maturity, from the home to the marketplace, inviting Jesus to every table of society. I'm your host, Ryan Adams. Let's get started. Today we're going to be finishing up in the book of Luke, chapter 24. I hope you enjoyed our journey through Luke. I love Luke and his ability to so beautifully and adequately uh, descript and, and, and recount all of the different things that happened as Jesus walked on the earth. And we're going to particularly look at the last moments in which Jesus walked on the earth and his encounter that he had with some particular women. It's interesting, again, that Jesus appeared to women. Mm. Jesus appeared to women first. And he even, we're going to read today, he broke bread with these women at their house. And then he appeared to his disciples. Very interesting, and I think it's something that we can definitely take into account, that women indeed have an important role in the vision and the mission of God here on this earth. Can I get an amen from all the women out there? Men, we must realize and recognize that we are not the center of God's plan here on this earth. Yes, we have great responsibilities. Yes, we have been put in charge of many different things, but that does not mean that women do not also have a role in leadership and position, and they also have a mission, a goal, and a purpose here on this earth as well. Amen? So let's get started. Today we're going to be talking again in the book of Luke, chapter 24. This is the last chapter of Luke, and I'm going to be specifically speaking about leadership today. Now, I'm not talking uh, about leadership in, towards women or towards men. This is, this is for both. And the premise and the purpose of this podcast is not just to talk to men, it's not just to talk to women, it's not just to talk about families, it's not even just to talk about leadership, it's to talk about the Bible. I don't do this all of the time, and, and, and so today is a special day when I talk specifically about leadership and the scope of the scripture here, because my heart and my desire is to continually just to, to read the word and help you better understand it and to see certain treasures and different takeaways of scripture. It's not to bend or mold or try to, you know, create a topic on top of scripture. But I believe we can pull from such these beautiful resources and the teachings of Jesus and his strategies as a leader, and we can apply that to our lives. Regardless whether you're a leader in the marketplace, in the church, in your home, everybody is a leader in some sense or another, any disciple of Christ. Any, any, any person that calls themselves a follower, disciple, and ambassador of Christ has a role in leadership, it, it, whether it be small or large, whether it be with our children, whether it be with our spouses, our, our friends, family, in the marketplace, in church, etc. Uh, we all have a responsibility because we're disciples of Christ. So we need to learn these type of principles because as we learn them, we will grow and we will mature, as Paul says, we are to mature in all ways. We are to mature in the reading of the word and our understanding of the word and, and, and how we walk out the word of God daily. So this is a beautiful example, and this is a great practice for us as disciples and as leaders, okay? So let's go ahead and get into this. I'm going to read chapter 24, verse 13, and we're going to go, um, I'll, I'll just keep going until I feel like we need to stop. It's not going to be super long, but I want you to understand the story, okay? So this is the story of when uh, Jesus appears to two women. This is very interesting. Uh, it's This is the, the day of resurrection. So he had 
he had risen. And so the, these two women, just to kind of give you some context, they're walking uh, to the village of Emmaus. All right, I don't know if I said that correctly, but you can, can, you can get the point. So I'll read it, and then you can, uh, you can always correct me in your mind, okay? Or you can send me a message and help me figure out how to say that word. So here we go. Luke chapter 24, verse 13. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. Verse 16, but God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. What things? Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. He, we had hoped, wow, we had hoped he was the Messiah, hmm, who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing. And they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the woman had said. Now check this out. Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people, you find it so hard to believe that all the prophets wrote, uh, that all the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Verse 27. Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. By this time, they were nearing the city and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him, stay the night. Now, remind you, they still don't know this is Jesus, the Messiah. Stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went, so he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. So here they're having communion, right? They're ble he blessed the bread, they're eating. I don't know if it would be necessarily communion, but he blessed the bread, okay? Then he broke it and gave it to them. It sounds a lot like communion to me because he sat down, blessed the bread, and divided it among the people, right? Suddenly their eyes were open and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn with us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with him, who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. Okay. Wow. What an amazing passage of scripture. And there's so much that we could pull from this. But today I want to specifically point your attention to four things that Jesus did in this story here and it has everything to do with leadership because have you mind jesus had spent three years preparing these people 
three tiring years. I can only imagine the pressure. I can only imagine the urgency. I can only imagine the time that he spent within these three years really preparing the disciples and his followers for this day. But again, many times they were in unbelief and they were still, even when Jesus appears to his disciples, if you continue on, you'll see he appears to the disciples, they still were in disbelief. Now this word disbelief may be like in shock and awe and may not believe, like it may not mean that they just didn't believe. But even like one of his disciples didn't believe. So Jesus like, look, put your hand here, put your hand there. I really am Jesus, the one who died and I'm risen. So good old Thomas, right? So we see here in this story, four beautiful principles of leadership that we can pull from. And the first one I want to point your attention to is question. The second one is correct. This third one is clarify. And the fourth one is connect. Now, these are four things that we need to do as leaders in any area of our lives, family, marketplace, ministry, whatever it may be, okay, church, etc. That as leaders, we need to have these four characteristics, these four abilities, uh, these four things that we need to be doing in our leadership because it's so important. Because again, we're dealing with imperfect people, just like these people here. Jesus was dealing with people that were, they were not perfect and they, they were imperfect. They needed a savior. They needed help. They needed guidance. He was so patient with these people, even after all the time that he spent with them. So let's get into this. The first one is question. And we see here that in verse 17, we see that Jesus, he comes and he asks them the question, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? So he asks them, he understands, he's asking them the question. He doesn't assume that what they're talking about. He doesn't just butt in and assume and try to, you know, control the conversation. What he does is he takes the time to ask a simple question. And Jesus does this a lot in his, in his ministry on the earth. He was always asking questions. And I think it's so beautiful as leaders that we need to ask more questions than we are answering them. Because so many times we feel that we have the need to answer questions that aren't even being asked, or we feel like we need to answer the questions without first giving, at first, we need to answer the questions first without first asking the question. Many times we're trying to respond rather than first taking the time to ask. And it seem, may seem a little confusing, but it's so true. And we see that Jesus, he exemplifies this beautiful quality. So he asks them the question, what are you guys talking about? And they're like, you know, they, they stopped and says they were sad. And they're like, you must be the only person in all of Jerusalem who doesn't know what's going on. And he's like, what things, right? He doesn't get offended. He doesn't get angry with them. He doesn't know what you you know, many times when people respond a certain way, we have this tendency of responding maybe in frustration or anxiety or, or, or stressfully, right? But Jesus, he calmly, he obviously knows the answer, but he asks what things. So that's the first quality that we see here. The second one is what I love because many times we're afraid as leaders to bring correction and some people, it's easier for others, but some, for some people, it's very difficult. But nonetheless, we have a responsibility to correct 
once we've asked the question and once we've received the data, once we've received all of the information, if it's not correct or if there is confusion or disorder, we have a responsibility to correct. And correction isn't a negative thing. Correction is what? It brings into order, okay? It brings into understanding what needs to be understood. It, it, it brings to light these things, okay? And so what we see here is that he says in verse 25, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Do you see that? So he brings correction and he's aligning. Now again, these people, these two women had just said, you must be the only person who hasn't heard about all these things. But clearly, see, do you see? He, he clearly did know because he, cor he corrects them. Now God, he still uh, kept these people from recognizing him, these two women. But nonetheless, they didn't even come to the, like, didn't even pass through their mind that, whoa, this, this person clearly is bringing some type of correction. He's saying, you know, you don't even believe. Don't you believe, you foolish people? You find it so hard to believe that all these prophets, you know, what they spoke about. And he's, and he's correcting. He's, he's bringing correction. And it's interesting because directly from the correction, he clarifies. And that's the third thing that he does is he clarifies these things because we see here, it says in 27, then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets explaining from all the scriptures, the things concerning himself, which really, really, it, it motivates me as a leader. It encourages me as a leader and also kind of, kind of corrects me as a leader and saying that, regardless of my level of leadership, I will always need to clarify in, in, the, in, the, in the account or when things are not correct or when things are unclear. I have a responsibility as a husband, as a father, as a CEO, as a leader. I myself have a responsibility to continually clarify the things that may be made. Maybe they're muddy. Maybe they're kind of gray. Maybe it's not, you know, really clear. I have that responsibility. I can't push that off on somebody else. I have that responsibility. That's my responsibility. And so we see that Jesus, even in his his full glory, even in he he had done everything, he still takes the time to walk with them through the scriptures. And it's not just this simple thing. Like this is not just some quick journey. This was clearly quite a journey because it says he takes them through the writings of Moses, all of the prophets, and then he explains from all of the scriptures the things concerning himself. <laughs> now, either Jesus was really good at, you, you know, resuming things or summarizing things, <laughs> Or he really did take the time to walk through the, with the scriptures with them. And my question to you is, do you have that same patience? Do you have that same ability to calmly, precisely, adequately clarify certain things that need to be clarified? Or are you just so impatient? And I, I myself have fallen in this area. We're just so impatient. You're like, no, you, don't you already know? You should already know this by now. But really just taking a breath <laughs> and being patient. And clarifying what needs to be clarified. And that, man, that's, that is what makes strong leaders. Strong leaders aren't just people who give orders. They are also people who can clarify. 
And I've, man, I've seen so many great leaders that have this ability. They're just so patient and they, they do their best to clarify and clarify and repeat and repeat. Now, sometimes, yes, there needs to be correction. There, then he does clearly, he corrects first, but then he clarifies. So this is something that we can learn from as leaders. And the last one, this is the last thing I want to bring to you, is he connects. He connects with them. Because after he has taken the time to question, you know, ask questions, after he's taken the time to correct, and after he's taken a long time to clarify, what does he do? He accepts the invite of these women to come and spend the night with them. He says it was getting, it was his, the, stay the night with us. This is in verse uh, 29. But they begged him, stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them. Verse 30. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and he blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. I love that. Now check this out. The moment he connects with them, the moment he takes the time to connect with them, that is when there is breakthrough. Wow. Because it says 31, suddenly their eyes were opened. Many times we're wanting breakthrough in our leadership, but we're not willing to go through the other, we're not willing to go through the stages necessary for that to happen. Because breakthrough happened because he questioned, he corrected, he clarified, and he connected moment that we do these things, especially that, that fourth one, the moment that we connect with those who have been put in our care, there will be revelation. There, there will be breakthrough. And if you haven't seen breakthrough in many areas of your life with the people that you've been put responsible over, then you need to take a step back and make this evaluation. Am I, am I, am I asking the right questions? Or am I assuming things? Am I answering things that have never even been asked, right? I first, first haven't taken the time to ask. Am I, am, I, am I bringing correction to certain things? And again, correction isn't a dominant type of thing that we, we always think about. Correction as a dominant characteristic. It's not. Correction in, in its love is, is, is godly, and there is a godly type of correction. You study that in the Bible. There's a good godly type of correction, right? And then thirdly, clarify like taking the time to go through and, and, and to reveal and to, to make clear certain things that maybe are not clear. The moment that we do that, there will be breakthrough. There will be breakthrough as we clarify and we, we connect, right? So again, these four principles, although very simple, are so profound because Jesus himself did these things. And we can, again, learn from the life of Jesus beautiful principles that will help us in every sphere of our life. And we see in verse 31 that the moment, the moment that he connected with them, and he broke the bread and he blessed it and he gave it, suddenly they realized. And what happened? What happened? Suddenly their eyes were open and they recognized him. So there was breakthrough. So they recognized, which brought and what I would assume would bring much joy in relief to their hearts that, that their master was really the Messiah and that he risen from the dead. But number two, what happened is it released Jesus mm, to go on to the next thing that he needed to do, and that was to appear to the disciples, which tells me this. Whenever we have breakthrough that happens in the life of those that we've been um, you know, uh, put to take care of, it will 
enable us to go to the next level. So again, maybe there's not breakthrough happening in your life and maybe you haven't entered into the next level of your life. So, so, so take a step back. Question, correct, clarify, connect. Evaluate those principles. And, and, and I really believe there'll be some amazing things that will take place in the lives of others and also in your life. God bless.